Hello Summoners, welcome to another episode of Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm not terribly excited to do this episode, mostly because it sets a precedent I was kind of hoping to avoid, um, but it's looking like I have no alternatives. So, I will be updating the Heroic Grail tier list, uh, adding in all the recent additions to that list that are not already in the tier list, and uh, I'll be allocating spots for them and explaining why. Also be editing a few of the previous ones just to make them a little bit more accurate to what I really think. And uh, I guess if uh, we keep getting these units, then I will have uh, a lot more episodes to make in the future. So uh, I'll probably end up having to do lists like this every now and again. I probably won't wait until I have quite this many units to cover. I have to go over 10 units now. Uh, I might do it when uh, there's only two or four in the future, so it isn't quite as long, but for now, I think I'm good to start. So I will be working from the uh, bottom of the list upwards. So out of the current units in the Heroic Grail pool who are not in the tier list yet, the worst one, I think, has to be um, Conrad. Conrad is pretty pathetic um you know finn was in d tier and he's he's kind of underwhelming but conrad conrad is downright pathetic it's it's unfortunate uh, characters have to have at least somewhat okay offensive stats to be viable and uh, defensive stats are just like icing on the cake but conrad just decides to completely go against that he has 75 magical bulk and 74 physical bulk Except unlike most units with defenses like that, it isn't just empty HP. He actually has pretty good mid-30s defensive stats. So thanks to this, he has almost nothing to leave for his offensive stats. He has 53 points to allocate between his attack and his speed. And so his his low 31 attack and pretty terrible 22 speed is not going to do him anything. He's just not a good unit. Next, I think we have Soiree Renea. Uh, she's also D-tier. Uh, yeah, Conrad and Soiree Renée are both D-tier. Soiree Renée isn't really a bad unit. Um, as a refresher, she has the same things going for her that Young Azura did. Unfortunately, she has a lot of the same problems. First of all, Renée's weapon isn't as good as the one that Young Azura has. And while I suppose for foddering purposes, I think her skills are a bit better, that still just makes her someone you summon only to fodder, which isn't a good use of Grails. Renea has base 30-33 offenses, which, while not horrible, don't do her much good. Her defenses are both shaky, and far superior blue mage dancers exist in the game. Renea isn't a bad unit. She is really only notable because she can refresh allies, and that's a niche that a lot of units have and can do better than her, while being a lot less expensive. So that covers the two new D-tier additions. Next, we have a whole bunch of C-tier additions, just because... There's a lot of them. A lot of people are, are joining D-tier. So first up, we have the Death Knight. So the Death Knight is the new C-tier edition. Uh, he is hard to really put anywhere. Um, he has a preferred weapon that gives pretty good buff, and his stats are not bad at all. He has stats, skills for foddering, and good mobility. So where's the issue? Well, those physical and magical bulk are pushing 70, and he has a good attack stat of 35. He is slow, uh, much like Conrad, but uh, a little bit less 
horrible. This is a common problem that spells the end for Cavaliers. Beyond this, while the buff granted by his weapon is strong, the activation requirement is out of the player's hands, resting on the enemy team composition. Beyond this, the Lance Cavalier pool is so saturated, his less than stellar qualities are all the more problematic, since there are so many alternatives. Overall, the team eventually decided on C tier for him. Next, moving into C tier from D tier, we have Finn. So, I have moved Finn from D tier up to C tier, because I think he got lost in a transition I did while setting up the original episodes. Uh, originally, some D tier units were put that low simply because they weren't special. However, as the list developed, that became C tier and D tier units. Uh, some of them got left behind when they probably should have transferred into C tier. So, Finn has no real flaws other than he's yet another insignificant Lance Cavalry unit. The game has plenty of those, and Finn's just another one of them. But he isn't bad, he's just outclassed by other units of his type. And to me, that's a C tier flaw, not a D tier flaw. Next up, we have Cormag. Also in C tier, so Cormag is a kind of unit you get added to the pool, and you just have to wonder if intelligent systems used him as a way of getting in a new skill at 4-star rarity. He comes with Ignis and Dual Close at 4-star, which isn't bad, and Slang Lance Plus and Defense Opening at 5-star, which I guess you could fodder if you really wanted. The issue with Cormag is that even though his offensive stat line is not bad, resting at 36-32, and his physical bulk of 76 is great for a flyer, that's all he's got. He has no preferred weapon, no totally standout offenses, and nothing skill-wise that's jaw-dropping. He's just another Lance Flyer, and much like other Lance Flyers in this tier, is nothing making him more than just that, another Lance Flyer. I feel like Cormag had a lot of potential to become a much better unit. Um, there's plenty of weapons they could have given him. They, they've been inventing weapons like the Grado Polaxe ever since Amelia was released, so I feel like they could have given Cormag something. If, if anyone was going to get a special weapon, probably should have been him. But unfortunately, all he got was a basic slang lance plus and um, a bunch of fodder skills. He's a fodder character. And uh, I am really happy every time I see someone with a well-built Cormag, but that is unfortunately pretty rare. Sticking with the uh, lance flyers in C tier, we now have Sigrun. So Sigrun is very similar to Cormag, who's also in this tier, not because they're overly similar in stats, but because they have the same drawback. Sigrun focuses more on speed and resistance, as opposed to Cormag's attack and defense, but at the end of the day, they're both more Lance Flyers who don't have preferred weapons. Sigrun is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Her speed is good, and her attack is serviceable, and she could perform decently as a red magic check, thanks to her high resistance. But that's not a very good niche, and really the most exciting thing about Sigrun is her foddering options. This is just like Cormag, intelligent systems trying to give us more four-star characters, uh, sorry, four-star skills available for foddering on characters we like. And unfortunately, that leads to our characters we appreciate and enjoy being not very good. Um... I believe the last unit we have added to C tier is Halloween Rolf. His, he's very short. He's essentially the same as Bridal Luis. They have almost no differences. He has the same shortcomings that she had, um, that have been kind of low stat-wise, and uh, things like terrain limitations. And uh, Halloween Rolf isn't exactly a top-tier pick. I mean, his stats aren't bad, uh, but there's just far superior bow cavalry units, even free ones. So Rolf isn't bad, just outclassed. And... That smacks of C tier. It really does. So I believe we have successfully gone through 
uh, our first two tiers, the two lower tiers of uh, Finn, Swarya Renea, Conrad, Halloween Rolf, Sigrun, Cormag, and the Death Knight. And so that leaves us just with B tier and A tier. So uh, with B tier, I have decided to move uh, a unit who was previously all the way down in D tier up into B tier. So this is why. Pan uh, was a unit I considered to be pretty bad in that um, she was someone who required a ton of preparation to become viable. And I think since I scripted her original episode, I have had time to reflect on her as a unit and uh, her position in the tier. And I, I think D tier was a bit too harsh for her. Uh, D tier is for characters who have really awkward or um, not very good niches, and uh, Pan's niche is by no means bad. It, it functionally increases her attack by 9, speed by 3, and defenses by a whopping 7 apiece. That is an increase to both 7 uh, for her physical and magical bulk, and not just with HP, which is like empty, since it doesn't really increase your defenses. It's actual increase to her bulk for both. 9 extra damage, which... Who wouldn't want that? And enough speed to give her better odds against some speedier units. So her niche isn't bad. It, I was just under the misapprehension that it was too difficult to utilize. And it's partially because I never use her. And partially because looking at the requirements of her weapon, there are a lot. She has a ton of text for her weapon uh, about different activations and effects. And I, I may have gotten lost in that. But, but most of her requirements are, are not simply hard to use, you know? I thought they were just difficult to pull off, but on the contrary, many of them complement her native playstyle very well, as well as covering other common methods of playing with Pan on your team. Really, most of the things about her come down to the team she's run on and the phase she's played in, and both of those lend themselves well to the way many people use her as a unit, uh, even without taking into consideration uh, the effects that you get from her weapon. So while she still has a lot of things that have to happen for her to be good, the requirements to take full advantage of those uh, those strengths, those niches, aren't as bad as they may first appear. She isn't easy to use, but if you play smart and plan ahead, she can be a really good unit. So she jumps out of the bad niche tier, past the bland unit C tier, and up into the competitive unit B tier. Okay, that's the only one in B tier. It was just an edit putting Pan a little bit higher. Now we have the two units who are, uh, I consider good enough to make it into A tier. The first one, is a strom so a strom uh was personally a surprise for me i thought he'd be like cormag version 2 where oh look another infantry sword fighter with no preferred weapon and uh just four star foddering tools but uh i was wrong his res is a bit low and uh that's unfortunate but a lot of infantry sword fighters have that same problem and they have far fewer things going for them than Astrom has. So Astrom, other than his res resistance, everything about him is great. He's an offensive stat line of 35-36 and a physical bulk of a whopping 80 and not bad magical bulk of 65 thanks to his high HP. It's empty, ma it's empty magical bulk but it's not horrible. So he has really well placed stats. He comes with Bonfire, a fantastic special for him, and Wrath, which is a premium B-slot skill. To add to this, he has a great preferred weapon with Mercurius. I can't understate, uh, I can't overstate, rather, how good this weapon is. It's a 19 might weapon. Uh, it also grants a sizable boost 
to Astrom and nearby allies. And this is the only condition. At the start of turn, if HP of Astrom is 50% or higher, he and all physical allies within two spaces get plus four to all stats. And that's a visible buff, so it can be subject to panic, uh, so be mindful of that. But overall, it's solid uh, with a not difficult requirement. If his health is high, if his health is good, he gets a large stat increase, and so do all his allies. And if his health is low, Wrath increases his special output. Both of these combined with his great stats, landing Astrom a cozy spot in A tier. <coughs> so, finally, the last unit is Brunya. So Brunya is someone I got but didn't spend too much time with. I figured she wouldn't be worth my time and never looked to build her. However, I was incorrect in thinking this, and I admit it. At first glance, Brunya brings nothing to the table that isn't offered by any number of free-to-play infantry blue mages. Good resistance, high attack of 35. She appears to have things going well for her, even if her base speed isn't so great. You know, in fact, she has a rather low speed stat for an offensive blue mage at 31. However, Brunia has one trick up her sleeve that cannot be overstated. Her weapon, Fimble Vetter, grants plus 4 to all stats if Brunia is not at full HP or if she has any penalty active on her. Also, all penalties are neutralized during combat. So no matter how you try and fight her and cheese her out of a good uh, fight, she will be powerful. Debuffs do not work on her, so if you have to fight her honestly, then you have to play a lot more careful, a lot more carefully around her, because you can't just lower her stats with your skills, or she will get much more powerful. Brunia has some good stats, and a weapon at her side that's amazing, like Fimblevetter, she cracks an A-tier spot. Just remember that you have to properly increase her speed so that she, you can use her, but that shouldn't be too difficult. That's it, that's the first update we have. We just went through 10 units, um... Eight new ones and two edited ones uh, that have been added to the heroic unit pool list. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do that through our subreddit of r slash theology. You can also email the show directly at theology at gmail.com or iliolador at gmail.com. If you'd like to chat, you can do so with me on Discord at iliolador, hashtag 3320. <clears throat> you can also join the Discord research and development server. Uh, invite link to that is in the description in the show notes. Remember, you can send us your voice messages through Anchor. It is a ton of fun to hear what you have to say. You can do this at anchor.fm slash theology slash message. And lastly, if you appreciate the show and want to support it, you can do that through Anchor at anchor.fm slash theology to show your theology spirit for as little as a dollar a month. Hope you all have a wonderful day and schedule another volume with your theologists real soon. Take care.